Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing persuasion. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're discussing the 1995 Persuasion, starring Kieran Hines and Amanda Root. You can watch it on Amazon starting at $2.99. Remember to follow us on Instagram at SubSensibilityPod and give us a like on Facebook. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We love to hear your thoughts. Before we get talking about this adaptation, which is a little controversial nowhere near as controversial i must say as the adaptation that must remain unnamed (laughs) that we talked about previously i'm sure people are sick and tired of hearing about it Uh, but it is a little bit controversial Uh, but before we get into that ladies i got to know what you sipping well i'm having the very last drop of wine from my trader joe's hall wow this is it we've come to the end um, it's a Pinot Grigio, and it's, again, going to butcher the name here, <laughs> Gaetano de Aquano. Okay. So sorry, everyone. I'm saying it so wrong, but it is a Pinot Grigio. And yeah, it's the end of my Trader Joe's wines, the end of an era. It truly is the end of an era. And wow, just thanks to your mom, she provided so many, I feel like, episodes here. <laughs> To be fair, I actually bought the Trader Joe's wines. Oh. My mom did gift me some boxed wines. Oh, that's right. So. How could I have forgotten? Oh my gosh, the boxed wine. <laughs> Incredible. Oh. What about you, Lori? Well, um, my Kroger order uh, came in today. So I was able to pick up a bevy uh, for our episode. And I decided to try something new. This is the second time I've attempted to get this package. Uh, it is the Sweetwater Brewing Company Oasis Premium Hard Seltzer. Oh. Uh, Sweetwater is a local Georgia beer company. And, you know, support local, I guess. Um, <laughs> but they have some, like, cool flavors this one is raspberry lemon. The pack comes with four. There's like a mango something. No uh, black cherry? Well. She hasn't she gone through all of them yet. There's Aria. four flavors, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so surprised you're not bl- drinking the black cherry. Well, I figured I would switch it up. I would try a different flavor for those that don't like cherry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, wow. it's the cherry flavor in this pack is cherry lime. Uh, so I will I will be saving that for later. Um, but yeah, mm. it says it has electrolytes and antioxidant vitamin C in it. I can I am not a health advisor. Take no health advice from me. Um, that's the medical disclaimer. <laughs> Julia, what wow. are you drinking? Well, I have here uh, a long drink, which is actually from Finland, apparently. It originated there. Oh, my gosh. We bought those so long ago. <laughs> it's still good. I just take my time going through drinks, okay? That's good. I, I, I guess I got my Trader Joe's one a long time ago, too. Yeah, I really, really take my time. I, 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 yeah, I'm I'm not one to rush through a pack of anything ever. Um, but this is a 
carbonated gin drink with grapefruit in it, which is what drew me to Hmm. the drink. So um, I'll let y'all know how that is. You know, Lori, just like you are a black cherry girl, as much as I tease you for that, I am 100% a grapefruit (laughs) girly. Also earlier when you were talking about your drink, I uh, mentioned Mm -hmm. that you're saving the cherry as like a little tree. And I just have to say, I have come to realize about myself recently that I am a huge participant in what the young folks are calling treat culture, little treat culture, where essentially you... Oh my gosh, the young folks. The young folks. Um, yeah, I, I found out, you know, people who like to reward themselves with little treats, i.e. iced coffees after, you know, a hard day or as a celebration for a really good day or, you know, just as like a pick me up on a medium day. Like, little treat culture it really does wonders. oh my gosh i just saw that on tiktok <laughs> that sounds amazing uh speaking of little treats i would just like to point out that i'm drinking my wine out of something that most people might not realize how special it is unless you are from the southern united states mm. and that ladies and gentlemen is my bucky's wine cooler mug amazing Please. Please take a look at it. it's light purple. It has the signature Bucky's chipmunk. Chipmunk, right? Beaver? Beaver. It's a beaver. Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> it has Bucky's. the signature Bucky's beaver on it. Uh, it's incredible. Keeps my wine nice and gold. Beth, could you explain for our international and also non-Southern audience what Bucky's is, please? This task is monumental. It really? Is. How do you explain? Um... Mm. <laughs> Bucky's is like kind of like a a Tesco. I mean, it's a convenience, yeah, yeah like a convenient store, corner store type of thing, essentially. Except that there are like, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there are like fifty to eighty gas pumps per Bucky's, and they pay their employees like three times the minimum wage. They have the nicest bathrooms of anywhere you could stop when you're taking a road trip. They're... And the inside is basically like a full-fledged mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. can buy literally anything at Bucky's, especially if it has the Bucky's logo on it, then you're like guaranteed to find it while you're there. It is just <laughs> so many leagues above any other gas station in the South slash probably mm-hmm. anywhere that it has become like a an attraction pretty much it's a it's a cultural phenomenon Mm -hmm. kind of thing Mm -hmm. they're known for their gas pumps their bathrooms and their food my dad loves the jerky their mascot bucky (laughs) the beaver the beaver not the chipmunk huge difference (laughs) (laughs) okay well now that we have bucky's out of the way i feel like that was a really important part of the episode so important telling everyone what bucky's is Anyways, um, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about what you thought of this? This is our third adaptation, um, the 1995 Persuasion. Give me some initial thoughts. Meh. That's my thought. It, it was, I will explain it as Julia said, as the young folks say, it's mid. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Beth, what about you? I know you have some thoughts about this. So here's the thing. I misunderstood what was going on. 
in the and movie. I watched, not in the movie. No, I know. I'm please. just teasing you. <laughs> um, please. I misunderstood things, and I watched the first half this was roughly the best two part of my month because I thought this was going to be our first episode. And then I watched the second half today. So <laughs> should I have gone back and maybe remembered a little bit better what happened in the first half? Yes. But I do remember how I thought it was just absolutely horrible. I did not like it. I sent lots of messages in our group chat about how terrible it was. Yeah, you were really passionate and, about it. She was livid. And after the experience of recent weeks, I would say that I have slightly changed my tune. It just is not that bad. Oh. It's a pretty good, pretty good, um, terrible movie. Terrible movie. Don't get me wrong. Camera work, horrible. It's Set not design, pretty. Horrible. It's but not pretty. It's a pretty good adaptation. So I was really interesting, interested, Beth, to see what you wound up saying because I remembered that when you accidentally watched this initially, you were just so vehemently and honestly violently opposed to this adaptation. Um, <laughs> and so I was really interested to see what you would think because when I was watching this movie, my overall takeaway was that I really liked it. Like, I really enjoy this movie. And I do agree. Like, there's this one particular scene where Anne is, like, on a pretty shoddy, like, carriage thing. Like, open back, you know. It's, like, not fa a fancy one. The scene with the goose. Yes. she's. I think she's with some livestock. But they're showing you scenes. And I think it's supposed to – nature scenes. It's supposed to be, like, from her perspective, I guess. But the camera is, like, so shaky. I was like, why are you doing this? It's so annoying. Um, <laughs> but other than a couple of things like that, I really, really enjoyed this adaptation. Um, you know, I also liked the 2022 persuasion um, because I felt like the 2007 is just so focused on the drama. The 2022 kind of went in the complete opposite direction and it was like all comedy. I felt like this one had a really great balance. I still like I have some specific thoughts about different interpretations of the characters, but I thought this one had a pretty good balance between like the comedy and the drama, because mm, as much as yes. this is a really funny story, it's also like so tragic the whole time for Anne. So I also was so pleasantly surprised that they did not pretend that Anne thought Wentworth was engaged to Louise for the second half of the movie, because that yes. all me so much. So it's just like, it is such a true adaptation. I just really loved that because I felt like so many of these other adaptations we've seen have diverged so much, especially the last one. And this one was just, there were so many lines just straight from the book. And I, I just loved seeing that. Yeah. I think what sold me on this in the long, in the long run was really the second half of the movie because the second half of the movie has been somewhat butchered. Mm -hmm. And the other adaptations, like Ben, as soon as we started watching it again, Ben was like, is there going to be a chase scene in this one? Um, and they really did a pretty good job of of carrying it out and having it be realistic, which I really appreciated. Yeah, I would say that this, so far, has been the most accurate adaptation that we've watched, um, especially compared to all the other ones that we've watched. And just the weird changes and additions and subtractions that directors have chosen to do. I will say, having watched this now, I do see 
some scenes where it was like copy and pasted and copy and pasted and copy and pasted into the other adaptations. And it yes. kind of like shot for shot almost. And it really bothered me. <laughs> like, okay, directors, you can have some originality and choose your own shots. It is okay. Yeah, I, I do think that, you know, I, I get a little bit of where you're coming from, Beth, when you uh, didn't like the first half of the movie, just because it is very, it is very slow. Um, but the thing that really sold me on this movie, like you guys were talking about is the second half of the film. And Lori, I think that the one thing that I was really worried about is like you said, the 2007 Mm -hmm. and the 2022 have so many shot for shot remakes. Like they all of course go to Lyme, but like some of the ways that they shot those scenes were exactly the same in 2007 and 2022. And for me, the thing that was the most troublesome was the shots that were exactly copied Mm -hmm. that were inaccurate to the book. And so for this one to not have those scenes felt like such a breath of fresh air to me and adaptations that stay this true to the book in terms of just like dialogue and the series of events are always just going to have a really special place in my heart. Even if it's not the prettiest you know, I'm still going to love that I get to finally see these scenes the way that they were initially mm-hmm. not being butchered. Like, for example, the one scene that was really important to me was like the letter scene where Wentworth is writing the letter to Anne and she doesn't know what's happening. So many scenes have done that wrong or differently. But in this one, he finally came back into the room, showed Anne that the letter was there. And then you know, she has to go through like the chaos of everybody coming back to the room and like there's no running around and no confusion about who's engaged to who. And I was just like, finally, they got the tension of those moments correctly. Like that opera house moment, it was finally right because they both knew, like Anne knew he's not engaged and he was like trying to kind of hint to her and she finally got it. So we finally got that tension that I've just, I've missed it a lot. So anyway, I rambled on a lot there, but it's just because I was so happy to finally see like an unadulterated version of the story. Well, I have a lot of thoughts on what you just said, but for now, let's switch on over to what other people have thought about this adaptation. Amazing. I would say it's overwhelmingly people like it. Mm-hmm. So it has a 4.5 stars um, out of 5 on Amazon. It has a 7.6 out of 10 stars on IMDb. Uh, as 87% critic score and an 84% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So really, this is a film that is really like kind of loved by the people who watch it. Um, I think overall that consensus that this is a really good adaptation of Jane Austen's original work. I think that most people would agree with that. Um, you know, even though I may struggle personally with some of the, I guess, aesthetic or visual aspects of the film, um, overall, people do really like it. Yeah, I think, like you, I can't get over some of the just how bad the movie looks at some certain points. And I was reading the trivia, as I am known to do, because I'm a nerd. Uh, and apparently the director like told the actors to not bathe to make, you know, the grime and everything look more period, which is just disgusting. Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, I guess that makes it look more accurate. I don't know. Could have done without that. So strange. 
So speaking of those characters, let's go ahead and talk about our leading lady, Anne, shall we? Anne was portrayed in this adaptation by Amanda Root, who has uh, portrayed the characters Heather Croft slash Barb Edmond slash Evelyn Winnell slash Joyce Pace on the TV show <laughs> The Casualty for the last 20 plus years wow wow i know i know uh she also played the character june fox in the sister she was in call the midwife as flory watkins um she was also in an episode of the tv show sherlock with the one and only benedict cumberbatch as emma My boy wellsboro uh, she played Miss Temple in the 96 adaptation of Jane Eyre. Um, and that's just a few of the many things that she's been involved with. So how did we feel about Amanda Roots Anne? Okay. Once you said that she was in Sherlock, I understood because she does this thing. She's very, um, I act, she's an eye actress, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is just dead staring, like really big eyed dead staring mm-hmm. um and i remembered that from sherlock <laughs> <laughs> i think she did okay i i liked it um there was definitely some parts where i think it was more director's choice kind of her portrayal um like certain decisions like when she like talks back to her dad at the one are they having brunch, breakfast? I don't know. Oh, are you talking about when she decides to decline the invitation to her rich cousins? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, I think she did a really good job. I think she looked the part and her acting was was good. Yeah, I thought acting-wise she did a pretty good job. You know, I think that Anne is just a hard one to portray. We've talked about that a lot. Mm, there were things I didn't particularly like. You know, Julia, I think you mentioned that you liked the letter scene. I think you mentioned that as a positive. Is that right? Yeah, I liked the moment when he was in the middle of writing the letter. Now, the reading of the letter where there's a moment where you're hearing both Anne and Wentworth's voices at the same time. Didn't love that. Oh, Um, I see why they didn't. Not my favorite uh, because they kind of like got jumbled up at points. But that scene prior to the reading of the letter, I really enjoyed. Okay, I was going to say that too. I mean, I enjoyed that scene, but the reading of the letter... It was really hard to even understand what was being said because they were, you know, both talking at the same time. But I, you know, I thought she was a pretty did a pretty good job of being emotive. Did a pretty good job of playing Anne. You know, the things that bothered me about the movie, like I said, were largely visual and just like how shaky it was, and um, some of the the shots and the camera movements like were very jarring, and I really did not enjoy watching them. But that wasn't really a part of, you know of her performance or portrayal or anything like that. Yeah, I I agree. I really did enjoy her portrayal of Anne. I think the main thing that I noticed that stuck out to me, um, I loved the transition from, uh, from Upper Cross to Bath, where Anne finds out that Wentworth isn't engaged, and so she starts to be more bold. Because we do have an Anne, unlike in our last adaptation, that is very composed all the time super composed so to see her kind of like um stepping out and trying to reach Wentworth I really did enjoy that um I thought you could so clearly see like she is dedicated to stepping out of her comfort zone and really actively pursuing him so I really like that I will say I noticed a little bit of the nervousness that I felt like was 
even more heightened in the 2007 adaptation. Like she did seem kind of like scared when it came to Wentworth a lot of the time, um, which isn't mm-hmm. like my favorite. But I mean, I I kind of see why they do that. They're trying to get that emotion across without having to do the interviews at the camera or whatever. So I do get that. The one other thing that I didn't love, I said I loved that they made her more bold. But in the opera scene, Wentworth gets up in between songs. She chases after him. And when she's asking him to stay, literally the entire audience turns around and is watching them. She's talking really loudly. And I was like, y'all, and no, 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 this would, this would not happen. Because yes, she is being more bold and she doesn't care what her family thinks she's going to go talk to Wentworth. But I felt like that to me was a little too much. But again, that's like, that's a small gripe. Yeah, I think what really drew me to this Anne is how, contrary to that scene and like some parts of the second half of the movie where they are really pushing her to be bold, was the setup at the beginning and like all of her interactions with her family. I think they did a really good job at like setting up her character opposed to her family and everyone else to really show, you know, she's... Not submissive, but it, like she's not gonna rock the boat and everything. And like you, there's the scene where she is just like the listener when I think it's when they go to the Crofts, and it's just person after person after person after person after person is just you just see Anne sitting there and listening to their woes and complaints, mm-hmm. and Anne never speaking. I loved it. I loved that. I did kind of find myself missing the comedy though. Yeah. You know, like the comedy I think is lost in that scene where people are telling her they're like, woe after woe after woe. It's kind of meant to be funny and it wasn't super funny. And then also I missed her family being funny, especially uh, Elizabeth, the older sister that lives with the dad like that. I don't know. I think she could have been a much better, like more well-rounded character. I do think that I, I mean, I found that complaining scene funny, but there was also a very real part of me that was like, wow, this is so sad for Anne watching her have to go through this. So I, I think that it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a little bit of a mix there. Also, Elizabeth, we'll have to talk about her later because she was yeah. not what I expected at all. Talk about just no. what a character. Um, I also, Lori, just to touch back on your point, the interactions with her families, I did really love that. I also loved seeing her, like the contrast when she's with the Musgrove sisters, and then also the way that she loves the Crofts. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Um, so I really loved that. Um, there were a lot of great side characters in this, and there were some side characters where I was like, "What the heck?" Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, her older sister yeah. Elizabeth being one of them. But before we move on to those side characters, we have to talk about our leading man. We have to talk about Captain Frederick Wentworth, who mm. is played in this adaptation by Kieran Hines. Uh, Kieran Hines has been in just so much. He was recently in uh, the film. Uh, Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League as Steppenwolf. He also played the voice of Pabby slash Grandfather in Frozen 1 and 2. Uh, he was also in the film Silence with our, uh, our you know, favorite Spider-Man. Well, I guess I can't speak for all of us. <laughs> with a Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, <laughs> as uh, Father Vilnano. 
In a 2015 Hamlet, he played Claudius. He was in Game of Thrones as Mance Raider, um, in John Carter as Tardis Moores, and in The Woman in Black as Sam Daly. Oh, he also played Aberforth in Harry Potter. And he was in the yes. film Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy as Roy Bland. And that is just to name a few. He's been in so many movies. So Yeah, he's he's very recognizable mm-hmm. to me. It's one of those where I can't quite place exactly where I remember him from. Like I know I've seen him in a lot, but specifically in this adaptation, he's just like so recognizable to me. I'm like, who who are you? Like what's standing out? I, I don't know. There must be something that I've seen him in where he looks similar to the way he looks. Mm-hmm. Like he's at the same age or something because it really stands out to me. But I liked him. I thought he was a really good Wentworth. I think he's a really good actor. He has a long, he's had a long career. And I think that that is, you know, good evidence of his acting ability. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. I thought he was really sweet to Anne. I thought their relationship was sweet. And the scene in the carriage where they're riding back to tell, I think, I guess, tell the Musgroves that. There's a scene where they're riding back in the carriage to tell the Musgroves that Louisa has fallen and that she's injured. And you can see like how Wentworth is so torn and he feels so foolish because if he's thinking like, oh, now I'm going to have to be with Louisa because I caused, you know, this accident and I let her on and I'm not going to be able to be with Anne. And you kind of see him like start to want to talk about that and then and bottle it up and hold it in. And so I liked that scene a lot. I felt like he did a really good job showing all the emotion in that scene. And then again, was very emotive towards the end of the film when he was like expressing his love. And when he walked into the room and declared to Anne's father that he wanted to marry (laughs) her, all of that. I just thought he did a great job. I also really loved this Wentworth. I think he did some things really well that I don't know that I feel like other Wentworths have done well, particularly just the first half of the film um the first dinner that he has with the musgrove family where Anne is present i felt like he just was embodying the charm and like bravado of Mm -hmm. a sea captain really well you could just see how everybody would just be so drawn to him like louisa and henrietta would so fight over him and I felt like he played the moments and this is so hard to do but those moments where you can kind of see him longing for Anne a little bit but he's also kind of mad at Anne and he's resenting her and he's bitter but he's not like super open or aggressive about it and it's really hard to find that balance of like okay he's kind of pining but he's also kind of mad but he's (laughs) also always charming and people don't pick up on like everything that's going on Um, So I I felt like he played that really well. Like that dinner, I felt like he just did such a good job being this like sea captain that everybody's interested in. Another standout moment for me with this Captain Wentworth, and it might just be because we haven't really gotten this moment in its true form in other adaptations, but the scene immediately prior to Anne and Captain Wentworth entering the opera room where they have that moment where he kind of confesses to her that he still loves her in a way uh, through talking to her about the way that Captain Bennick let go of uh, his fiance who's died. He like basically tells her he's in love with her and she's just like, 
freaking out. We haven't really got to see that, but I felt like that moment was so mm. good because yes. yeah, the way he plays it just like you can see he's like slowly, slowly, slowly like losing his self-control mm-hmm. and he's like, oh my gosh, I just, I have to tell you that I love you, but I can't tell you. So I'm telling you this way and I really hope you get what I'm saying and I'm like trying to figure out what you think about it. It was just, it was so good. I loved it. I felt like we got some really good Anne and Wentworth scenes in this one. Yeah, I really, really liked this Wentworth. I thought he did a great job. Um, you know, obviously, this man is a well-established actor. <laughs> um, so he knows what he's doing, and he can hold his own. He, you know, surprised me at some turns with character choices, but, like, only because all the other Wentworths weren't doing it exactly the same. Like, it wasn't wrong. Um I just liked the direction. It was different. I think he played his like funny bits very well. Like when everybody goes to Lyme and meets, you know, all the other friends and you can tell there's an inside joke there with how everybody is laughing and going on. I thought he played the like more casual side of Wentworth well in addition to like the serious heart-wrenching bits. Yeah, overall, he just did a, such a good job. Oh, but there's one more character that I wanted to shout out because I felt like, for me personally, uh, she kind of stole the show. And that would be the person who gets top billing if you search this on Amazon. You may know who she is. Any, any guesses? I also had a side character who I felt like stole the show. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, I'm referring to Fiona Shaw. <gasps> me too! <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, she was amazing. She was so good. So Fiona Shaw plays Mrs. Croft uh, in this adaptation of Persuasion, Admiral Croft's wife. And they're just the sweetest couple. And Fiona is just, she's so good in this. And of course, we know her from Harry Potter. Yes, she plays Aunt Petunia Dursley in Harry Potter. Um, and she just does such a good job with the adaptation. I thought Lady Russell did a really good job, too. Like, I liked both of those women a lot. It was a very different take, though. This Lady Russell was, like, super intense and, like, still very actively involved in Anne's love life. Um, But I did love Mrs. Croft, and I was so happy because I feel like she can get kind of the short end of the stick in adaptations just because, Mm -hmm. you know, she is a side character. Mm -hmm. She is such an interesting person, especially for that time period, you know, like – She's going on ships and sailing around the world, and she's so cool. So I was so glad that she got the time she deserved. And I also thought it was really cool the way this Anne so clearly admired her. Um, So I loved Fiona Mm -hmm. Shaw's portrayal. I just felt like she was so engaging and so endearing. Mm -hmm. Another character that I actually wanted to shout out was Mary in this adaptation. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if I can say this is my favorite Mary. I did think she did a very good job. But she has actually been in another Austin film. She played Miss Bates in the 96 Emma. Mm. So some of you may have recognized her. Lori, you were talking about how Amanda Root kind of acts with her Mm. eyes. I feel like uh, this Mary kind of like she acts with her breathing a little bit. That makes sense. Like she's always just like taking breaths. She did that a little bit as um, Miss Bates too. But she was... Uh, it was really interesting to see her in another Austin. It's Sophie Thompson is her name. One other thing that I like so much about uh, Mrs. Croft and her relationship with Anne is I feel like it just makes you so much more happy for Anne that she's such a good relationship with her. 
because she does in the books, like she has a good relationship with her, but it's not so enthusiastic necessarily. And so it was really fun to see it played out on screen like that. I feel like before we finish talking about some of these side characters, we have to talk about this adaptation's Elizabeth Elliot, who was portrayed by Phoebe Nichols. Honestly, she just looks so different from what I imagine uh, Elizabeth looking like for some reason. But it's not just that. It's also just the entire demeanor. Like, she is so proud and harsh and she Mm -hmm. yells at Anne a couple of times but she also at the beginning of the film is like slouching and like eating with her hands it's really Mm -hmm. it was weird yeah there's a weird mixture of extreme pride and like forwardness with her character but then like I can get away with anything because of who I am so I can't be proper it was a very weird combination I was just very surprised by it that's interesting to me. Her face is so familiar. And I think she was in an episode of, yeah, oh, she was in Downton Abbey. So if you watch Downton Abbey, you may recognize her. Who does she play in Downton Abbey? She's just in two episodes. She plays the Mar- Marchioness of hmm. Flintshire. Whom? Susan <laughs> okay. McClare. So now that we have talked about our leading man and our leading women and our, you know, side women, let's move on to some book to movie accuracy inaccuracies i think we've talked about a mass majority of them you know the like slight tweaks to Anne's personality and the bloody concert scene again (laughs) why they keep putting that in there i don't know it was slightly closer in this adaptation it was but it was still but one thing that was added into this was the circus that's just randomly in town Mm -hmm. And yeah, like why? Why? So I actually do have a theory about the circus. <laughs> I didn't love it. Uh, the circus is parading behind Anne and Wentworth as they share their first kiss. And I had a theory uh, that the circus was supposed to represent kind of like the insanity of like their circumstances and their families. Because right after the circus leaves, it kind of like you see Anne and Wentworth kiss a little bit. She grabs his arm, zoom out, you see the circus, and then the circus disappears and it's just Anne and Wentworth. And so it really highlighted just like the quiet peace that finally happens once they're together. So it was a a weird choice, but I think that that I think that was the goal. Some uh, symbolism going on there. Mm-hmm. I still think it's weird. Uh, oh no, it was definitely weird. <laughs> In addition to that, um, we get a little mini proposal. We kind of already talked about this with Wentworth going and asking Anne's father for permission to marry her, and her father being like, "Why do you want to marry Anne?" And it was in the middle of a room of like crowded people, like 15 other people. He just like walks in and and announces it. It it was odd. Which is pretty funny. But yeah, that's, those are the main sticklers, I think, that we've pointed out uh, and that we can think of. I also do have a theory about why they had that scene. And I think it's because the novel kind of ends with Anne talking about how she's really sad that she doesn't have any family to really welcome Wentworth in to her side of the family like he has this great family but she doesn't have that for him so i think maybe it was trying to remind us hey like they're good to go they're so happy they're beyond thrilled her family still doesn't like him that's a little bit sad but they're okay so i i wonder if that's what they were trying to do but i did think it could have ended with the weird circus probably (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was 
interesting that we had to, you know, include a circus while they're kissing. Anyway, ladies, we've discussed the pros and the cons. We've discussed what the people have said and what our thoughts are. But most importantly, what are your make it or break it's? Beth, hit me with them. Okay, so I've already mentioned mine, so I'm not going to come as a shock. But the cinematography, that's just the main loser for me in this one. I thought the last one had a shaky, or I thought the 2005 had a shaky camera. This camera, so shaky. There's also a scene where Anne is standing inside of a shop. And the camera, like, zooms out off of her through a window, like, does a spin move, and then enters the shop through the door. It's just very overwhelming and difficult to watch. Makes you feel like you're going to, like, fall over. Um, And the set just drove me insane, especially the apartment and bath. I mean, it was just so odd. You just need to, like, look at pictures of that part of the film if you're not going to watch it. Um. It's very, very strange. But my make it is definitely Anne's relationship with Admiral and Mrs. Croft. Like I said, I just loved it. I thought Fiona Shaw did such a good job of being so welcoming and friendly with Anne. And it just like makes me warm and fuzzy inside to think about like Anne getting to join their family and marry Captain Wentworth and for all of them to like be together forever. So that's my make it and my break it. What about you, Lori? Well... I completely agree. My break it is the god-awful camera work. I understand there are some limitations due to when this movie was produced. However, uh, it did not need to look like absolute trash, and I kind of think it did at certain points. Other shots were okay, but a a good majority of this movie, I was like, why? What? Okay, whatever. Moving on. My make it would definitely be Miss Smith like the little bit that we get with her at the end and her nurse caretaker servant spy one might say nurse Nurse slash spy yes I loved her um I was like yeah I want to I want to know what's going on with everybody else give me all the tea um, so I kind of love that moment because we also get to see Anne kind of come alive in that interaction when she too gets to hear all of the gossip. So those those are my make it or break it. Jules, what about you? My make it has to be, I, I think, three things. One, this stuck so close to the book, which I absolutely love. So the second half of the film was a major specific make it. For me, that second half where we really got to see that tension between Anne and Captain Wentworth. Uh, my second make it is definitely Fiona Shaw's Mrs. Croft. She was just amazing and so endearing, and I just absolutely loved her. And then uh, my third and final make it um, is just Anne and Wentworth's uh, chemistry. I thought it was really, really good. So those are just three little make it's for the movie. Um, and then my break it, you know, Lori, you mentioned that um, you're glad we got Mrs. Smith. And I was too. I loved seeing Mrs. Smith. But one thing that really kind of bothered me was that they changed the secret that Mrs. Smith reveals. Like she just tells yeah. Anne, hey, Mr. Elliot just wants you for your money. And she didn't tell her anything about how Mr. Elliot was the reason that she's ruined. So it's like if you're going to have Mrs. Smith 
why don't you tell her this? Because Anne's character, she's going to be so moved by the fact that Mr. Elliot is the cause of her friend's ruin. So I just didn't really understand why they didn't have that in there. Um, it's just a small little gripe. And then also, you know, you guys mentioned the cinematography. I also thought the editing was not great at certain points. There were a couple of times where they would mm-hmm. have two different shots for scenes, like one was maybe more zoomed out. And once or twice, the zoom out shots, the mouths would not be lining up with talking. Like sometimes the wrong character's mouth was moving and the sound was coming out of the other person's mouth, if that makes sense. So, you know, that's kind of yeah. like the suspension of disbelief becomes hard there. So if only they had spent a little bit more time in the editing room, they could fix that. Julia with the multifaceted. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, ha- I, I need <laughs> to pick one time. thing, but I just can never bring myself to do that. Um, yeah, Ben and I noticed a lot of the editing stuff too. Sometimes they would just, the way that they edited the scenes, mm-hmm. it was confusing. Like they accidentally put them in the wrong order or something. And they did some like weird fade ins and fade outs. Again, a lot of the stuff related to the apartment and bath was just very strange to me. <laughs> and then, yeah, he also made me rewind. Like he re- rewound a couple of times to show me that when it was mm-hmm. zoomed out, the other yep. person was talking when they weren't supposed to be. So I thought that was interesting as was well. Also had a really pivotal scene too. So I was like, Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Are you talking about the one um, where Charles or sorry, mm-hmm. Captain Anne. Harville is yeah. telling and mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Yes. So the scene where Captain Harville is telling Anne about, you know, a man's love lasts a long time. Was, and she's saying, uh, no, a woman's love lasts longer. Like, that's one of the ones that they messed up. We did so. finally get that dialogue in its almost entirety, though, which I just yeah, oh, it was again. great. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing. Well, Lori, who <laughs> would you date from this adaptation? It's I can't. Okay, I personally, as much as I liked this Wentworth, I'm not immediately going towards him, hmm. if only because I don't like any of them very much. Like there wasn't one that like really stuck out to me I guess or you know that I remotely felt attracted to because it it just it wasn't a pretty movie okay it was very realistic I thought Mr. Elliot was pretty cute in this one <laughs> yes are we really gonna I choose did. Mr. Uh, Elliot because he's but cute just, when we have just the uh, amazing Captain Wentworth I did not say <laughs> to choose him I but just didn't think like he you was cute it. okay <laughs> I mean, I mean, I will always choose the better guy over the cute guy most of the time. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Good. Uh, Glad to hear it. But yeah, in this in this case, I will be choosing Captain Wentworth. I tried in vain, some might say, to find somebody <laughs> like a side character that I was like, that I liked the acting with and I thought was cute. But uh, yeah, I just, it, no, it just it's, didn't happen. Nope. It was a rough movie for me, folks. It well, was rough. How was your drink, at least? It's good. Um, I think it's got decent flavor. Um, this, for me, is going to be I need to try a couple more flavors and have it again and see mm-hmm. how it stacks up. Because right now, on first sippage, uh, I like it. Raspberry lemon, very nice. Um, very lemon forward aftertaste. It's not horrible. It's great. So we'll we'll have to see what the other ones taste like, and you know how how my memory stacks up to it later on. But for right now, it's it's a go. Awesome. I like awesome. it. 
Well, my long drink was also tasty. It's pretty grapefruity, a little bit sweet. It's got a lot of the carbonation, which y'all know I love. Um, it's got like an interesting like mouth feel thing that it does. Like there's maybe like a little bit of a bitterness to it or something as like an aftertaste, mm. which is just just you know something to keep in mind. Um, uh, but but I thought it was it was pretty good. Good. Well, I really liked my Pinot Grigio. I thought it was. You know, just a good basic white wine, not too much bite to it, I guess you could say. I don't, I think I would probably get it again. It's, you know, it's hard not to say you would get something again when it's a Trader Joe's maybe $5 bottle of wine, you know? Yeah, but I did finish it and it was, it was enjoyable to drink. And I finished the whole bottle even, not just the, not just the glass. I mean, not a lot, not right now. I've been drinking it for like a month. Anyways, um, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Really enjoyed this conversation on the 1995 Persuasion. Um, don't forget to give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also rate us now on Spotify. And then follow us on Instagram. We are at Sips and Sensibility Pod. And you can like our Facebook page, Sips and Sensibility. Next time, we are going to be watching the 1971 persuasion miniseries yes there is a miniseries you can watch this by purchasing a dvd on amazon if you know any other methods drop us a link let us know until then just keep sipping y'all